This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Good morning and welcome to the November 20th, 2023 For Your Benefit radio show. I'm Bob Lines, and together with Tammy Flanagan, Senior Benefit Director of NITP, we're going to talk about insurance. And we have two experts joining us, Walton Francis, insurance expert and author, Kevin Moth, Director of Marketing and Fundraising. This is going to be an action-packed show. So, Tammy, where do we start? Well, first of all, we had a little technical difficulty with Walt. So we got Kevin, the senior editor of the Checkbook Guide, here with us today, which I'm very happy about because we've gotten to know Kevin really well over the years. And he's a really good resource for us during this open season, which just started this week, one week into it. So I'm really anxious to hear some things he has to say about how federal employees and retirees as well can compare plans this open season and things they need to do. So I think I want to turn it over to Kevin to introduce uh, this tool that's been around for many decades, right, Kevin? So tell us a little bit about the checkbook guide. Well, thank you, Tammy, and thanks for having us. Um, Yeah, checkbook's guide to health plans for federal employees. It's actually our 45th edition. We started doing this in 1979 just as a print book, but for the last 24 years or so, it's also been an online plan comparison tool. And Listen, let's be honest, choosing a health insurance plan is difficult, and it's actually even more complex when you start leading up to retirement and thinking about retirement to understand how your FEHB plan actually interacts with Medicare, how to think about whether to take Part B or not, and any new plan options that are available to you once you decide to do certain things. So it only gets more complex. So that's why we started publishing the tool 45 years ago. And our main uh, you know, thing that we have on it is a yearly cost estimate. Um, you know, what you pay for health insurance isn't just the for, for sure expensive premium. It's also some out-of-pocket expense. And there's a wide variety of plan types and a wide variety of setups of how plans will charge you either upfront or at the point of service. Uh, when you consume healthcare in terms of what those costs and benefits will be, we take actuarial modeling based on um, features that you put into the tool, such as your age, where you live, how large, how large your family is, your expected healthcare expenses. We then look at families like yours. We're able to get a set of healthcare expenses. We apply those healthcare expenses across all the plans, benefit structures, which in the end, produces a yearly cost estimate, which establishes a benchmark ranking of the plans from least to most expensive for a family like yours. And we really think that is the one of the most, if not the most important thing to think about when selecting a health plan is, what is this thing gonna cost? Not just the for sure expense, but what, how's it going to work for me when I actually use the health plan? And there's certainly, wide, wide costs. Uh, You know, when we do this modeling for a family of five, age 50 insured, when they live in the Washington, D.C. area, you could save three, maybe even $4,000 if you were to switch from a plan like Blue Cross Standard to NALC consumer driven. So there's a lot of cost savings on the table if you're willing to think about new plans um, for the upcoming plan year. Well, Kevin, I think you must have paralysis by too much analysis at this point, because I know that's what the the listeners um, seem to tell me during open season. It's like they just throw their hands up and they say, you know, I've had the same plan for 45 years. Why change now? It's working for me. And I always tell them, I said, well, even though that might be true, and like you just said, we're not talking about $5 a month you might save if you switch a plan but it's hundreds of dollars sometimes in many cases between one highest cost plan to the lower cost plan. And the funny thing is it's not like my mother used to say where you only get what you pay for because, you know, she always said, Oh, you get the more expensive one because it's better. 
but it's not always true in healthcare because there are certain things that drive the cost of those plans that don't have anything to do with the quality quality of the plan. It has to do with what they're spending, right? Kevin, what are those things that make the, the one plan higher than the other um, that might make the cheaper plan actually the better buy? Well, it's actually, there's actually a couple of things. So one, it could be, um, you know, the services that a plan provides. So since we know two thirds of federal employees are on a Blue Cross plan, I often like to talk about the differences in the Blue Cross plans because, you know, Blue Cross standard is the highest premium national PPO plan, but there are some things in Blue Cross standard that you can get that you wouldn't be able to find in Blue Cross basic. So uh, the big ones are out of network coverage. So with Blue Cross standard, you can go out of network. You can't do that with Blue Cross basic or FEP Blue Focus. Um, skilled nursing care. This is a benefit that's available in Blue Cross standard that you can't find in Blue Cross basic before you retire. Uh, Blue Cross Standard also has uh, mail order prescription drugs. Um, so the cost in plans could be that there are uh, better benefits in that more expensive plan. Also, importantly, for next year, Blue Cross Standard has added a $25,000 benefit for assisted reproductive technology for infertility services, which includes IVF. They will pay up to $25,000. Uh, the plan member still has to pay 15% out of pocket when using preferred providers. You have to get a prior approval, but there you could find that there's some, um, you know, better benefits in some of the more expensive plans. But also, a lot of times, the premiums are set by who is actually in those plans, and they may just have plan members that are using more healthcare services, and it's more expensive to insure members in that plan. That can raise. Uh, you know, insurance premiums, and uh, you may be better off in a lower premium plan that has just as good uh, service, just as good benefits, just as good quality ratings for much less in premium. Yeah, and that IVF benefit, that's new, isn't it? We haven't really had a lot in terms of young uh, couples that are trying to start a family and they're running into challenges. And I know I've heard that complaint over the years. So this is pretty big news, isn't it? That there are some plans that are offering some real benefits in this area. Well, so there's two things to say. So one, yes, Blue Cross Standard, this is a new benefit for plan year 2024. This is never, they've never offered that level of coverage before. In early 2023, in the annual letter to carriers, OPM, basically said that they're going to mandate that certain infertility benefits would need to be available in, in an FEHB plan. So if you've got an FEHB plan in 2024, the following must now be services offered in your plan. That's artificial insemination procedures, the fertility drugs associated with, infertil uh, uh, with artificial insemination, and the fertility drugs associated with IVF. And uh, this issue has received a lot of attention. It's actually received congressional attention as one of the benefit areas that FEHB plans weren't doing as good a job uh, on as maybe some private large employer plans outside of the federal government. So those were new mandates from OPM. This is something that if your plan in 2023 didn't have those benefits, you'll find that those are new benefits. Do keep in mind that there's still quite a bit of out-of-pocket costs, however, because while the plans will cover this, you'll still have to pay your regular cost share. Sometimes that's as high as 50%. I've seen uh, some information to say that the IVF fertility drugs are only about 30 to 35% of the total cost of IVF. So you're still looking at thousands and potentially tens of thousands of out-of-pocket expense when you do need these fertility services. So this is a step in the right direction. OPM also asked plans to do even more beyond the mandate. Blue Cross Standard uh, is the only open enrollment PPO plan that is available nationwide that did do more. Um, but also, if anyone qualifies for foreign service, foreign service also updated their infertility benefits as well. Yeah, and that foreign service benefit plan, we always have thought of that as only open to the State Department, but over the years, They've really opened up their enrollment to Department of Defense employees, Homeland Security, 
um, and some other employees who are working overseas and the whole intelligence community. So if you didn't think you were eligible for that plan, think again, you might be eligible and it competes pretty, pretty uniformly with a Blue Cross standard, doesn't it, Kevin? Yeah, I think so. And I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tammy, you may know better than I do, but I also think it's one of the only FEHB plans that has some orthodontic coverage, um, which is very unique to find from an FEHB plan. That is, it does have a dental benefit included. And the one that I always find popular with my listeners is the massage therapy benefit. I think next year it's 50, I think 50 massages with an allowance of $60 per massage. That always gets everybody's attention. <laughs> so Tammy, in doing all the webinars and seminars that you do, what do you find surprising that people aren't aware of? And no disrespect to those people, but they just might not know that there was something offered within the plan, but they didn't know that. Right, like like massage therapy and um, some other benefits as well. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things I tell people too, is to look at your plan first before you explore the dental and vision supplemental plans. Because like Kevin was saying with the foreign service plan, there are some dental benefits included in some of your plans. And I think the other thing is that I always hear this from a lot of employees who have maybe the Blue Cross plan or maybe some other plan that they've had for many, many years. And they have this comfort level with it because my doctor takes it and I've always had good service with it. But yet, you know, we are so fortunate as feds to have so many different plans to choose from that nobody else that I know of in the private sector um, can say that they have a choice of in the DC area, I think it's 42 plans and plan options um, to choose from, which is almost too many, I think, because that's where it comes in that, that paralysis from too much analysis when we're trying to figure out what's what. But I don't know about you, Kevin, but I like the idea of being able to narrow down my choices. So what, yeah. what would be some of the things somebody might do um, to get it from 42 choices, maybe down to the top four that we could stack up side by side in, in the checkbook guide. Yeah, so I, I really think it's the yearly cost estimate that guides you to those plan values and it allows you to eliminate some plans that are just going to be too expensive uh, for you. So when you use, if you're to use our tool or our guide, you can use that benchmark ranking and just get those top four or five plans. Um, I then I start thinking about additional areas of concern. So total costs really, you know, we're we're buying health insurance to help protect us against uh, unforeseen expenses. We want to do the best job of balancing the for sure upfront cost of premium plus what we have to pay out of pocket. The yearly cost estimate gets us there, but it doesn't take us all the way. Uh, providers matter and being able to keep your providers matter. And that may uh, further narrow your plans because if you have two or three doctors within your family, there may only be a couple of those top five plans that have those doctors. I also think, you know, some things, Bob, that people miss are wellness benefits that are buried in these plan brochures that if you're not looking at it or maybe not paying attention to plan marketing materials, you wouldn't know, for example, that Kaiser Prosper in the DC area will pay $370 if you do some of the things that you may already be doing, such as getting an annual physical or having um, current biometric screenings or being up to date with your vaccinations. Most plans have a little bit of financial reward baked into them uh, to get you to do the things they want you to do. They generally pay those out as you know prepaid flexible spending account cards. Um, and then some plans have free gym memberships or back station programs. Many plans have discount programs for dental care or vision care or hearing aids or LASIK. So there really is a lot of benefits that are packaged into uh, a plan. And some of these wellness benefits are actually in the section of the plan brochure that's called non-FEHB benefits, uh, which is immediately after section five, where you can find some of these benefits. Oftentimes, if they're pretty cool benefits, like the massage therapy benefit that Tammy mentioned with Foreign Service, <laughs> the plans will do a, a good job of, of talking about it in their plan and marketing materials. So, um, but you do have to sort of sign up uh, to be part of this 
program. You don't just get it because you're getting an annual physical. You have to enroll in their in their special, um, you know, uh, enrollment procedure. Well, thanks for that. And Bob, I think are we up on a break? Because I want to ask Kevin more questions, but I think we got to take a break. Times have changed, but WEPA's mission remains the same: to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to $1.5 million in coverage, regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to Fegley? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that Fegley offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage. WEPA's coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. We're back. We're on fire here with Tammy Flanagan, Senior Benefit Director, NITP, GovTech columnist, and Kevin Moss. Director of Marketing and and Fundraising. So where did we stop and where do we pick back up? Well, we were getting into some of the um, things that we can do by using this checkbook guide tool for, for comparing our health plans and trying to narrow down our choices to maybe four choices instead of 24 choices, because I think that really helps us Look at look at the specific differences between the plans. And like Kevin was saying, with the cost difference, we're not just looking at the premium cost, although that's important because that is a fixed cost. But when we do need health care, it's important to understand what is that deductible and how much are the coinsurance and co-payments for that particular plan. And I think I heard Kevin say another important thing in the DC area is that the checkbook guide lets you put in your providers. So if you have certain doctors that you don't want to switch from, you can put those into the guide using the online version. And you'll see on the list of plans which plans have those providers in the network. And I always tell people, even though that's in there, always call your providers too, because you might find that you know something changed or they've added a network. So you might see one plan that doesn't have that provider in it, but hey, guess what? They got accepted and now they're in it. So always, you know, use this as your first narrow down option, but then you have to do some more homework. You know, there's no way around it. Health insurance decisions are going to take a little bit of time. And, you know, if you can do that this weekend coming up, that's really great because, you know, we still have a few weeks left of open season. So uh, maybe put that on your to-do list for maybe the Saturday after Black Friday. (laughs) So, Kevin, what, what, I, I had a few specific questions about the checkbook guide, and one of them has to do with the, um, it's called the quality score that's right at the top. Like, you'll see the plan type, the plan code, and then you see this thing that says overall quality score. And some of my favorite plans will say NR. So what does that mean, and where does this quality score come from? Yeah, so um, the quality scores come from OPM surveys of plan members. Um, They will send a sample survey to a sample set of members, not everyone in the plan, but a sample, and ask them various questions about the quality that they're receiving from um, the health plan. And so we report um, those quality scores that are uh, conducted from the survey that OPM fields some plans, um, especially the Medicare Advantage plans, are outside of FEHB quality scores. The, the FEHB plans that offer a Medicare Advantage plan, they still go through a star ratings process through Medicare, but there's a separate data set. And there's a little bit of friction right now for us to know the, the, the right plan contract number for each mm-hmm. FEHB Medicare Advantage plan, then going to their data sets to report on quality data on the FEHB Medicare Advantage plan. So um, that is something that we do want to do in the future um, is to map all those relationships and start showing that quality data. Um, But it's not something that we currently have on the plan comparison tool. 
Right. That's that's helpful because I know sometimes people will discount a plan and say, oh, I'm not interested. There's no quality score. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad plan. It just means that that information wasn't available to the checkbook guide in time. And I also noticed there's one plan for retirees that's becoming popular. It's called Aetna Direct. And that one has kind of a 50-50 quality score, like half like it, half don't, I guess. Um, and I've been telling people that might be because that plan is really a star plan for someone who's retired with Medicare. But if let's say you join that plan and you're 50 years old, you might not like it as much because it does have a higher deductible. It does have higher out-of-pocket expenses. So it's really a plan that um, even though there is no federal plan that's specifically for retirees with Medicare, this is the closest thing to it besides those advantage options. Yeah. And Aetna Direct CDHP, we like it even more next year because they're one of the few plans that they were bringing forward that $2,000 prescription drug out of pocket max with Part D, which I know we're going to get into, which is a big <laughs> subject. But maybe we're here. Um, Aetna Direct is one of those plans that has a Medicare Part D plan or a PDP plan, or you might hear an M. PDP plan. You might also hear a WIP plan, and that's EGWP or Employer Group Waiver Plan. This, these, it's not every open season that you actually get a new plan type available, and annuitants have that for 2024. This is one of the biggest open seasons in terms of change that we've seen really in recent times. Um, mm -hmm. There are a couple things going on here. So one is with the Inflation Reduction Act um, that was passed in 2022, there was important Part D reforms that limit um, out-of-pocket costs for insulin, uh, take care of the enrollee share of catastrophic costs, uh, sort of keep uh, Part D premiums more stable uh, going forward. And then the big one is in 2025, all Part D plans have to have $2,000 out-of-pocket uh, catastrophic limits for prescription drugs. Earlier this year, OPM saw this and saw that federal annuitants uh, would benefit from receiving Part D coverage. So they allowed FEHB plans to start offering these supplemental Part D plans and opened the door for these plans to auto-enroll members who had Medicare and so there are 17 FEHB plans next year that, that got a plan through OPM. The promise was that the benefits were supposed to be as good or better in this Part D plan than what you could get from the FEHB plan, that there would be no extra premium to get this Part D plan if your income was below IRMA thresholds. Um, and importantly, some of these 17 plans decided to a year early give you the $2,000 catastrophic protection on prescription drugs. So those are Blue Cross Standard, all MHBP plans, rural carrier, foreign service, Aetna Direct, uh, mm -hmm. consumer driven, and uh, the two Aetna open access plans, high and basic in mid-Atlantic. Can we back up just okay, for a minute on this? Because this has been a hot topic this open season and not always in a good way hot topic because a lot of us, um, and this even harkens back to when the new federal employees retirement system came around. And I hear this sentiment by a lot of federal retirees who are being auto enrolled in Medicare Part D because they go back to that old adage, whatever the government thinks is good for us is probably good for the government. So why are they auto enrolling us in something we didn't ask for? And what's the catch? What's what's in it for the health plans? Is, are they putting us in this because it's good for them more so than for us? And so I've had some challenges trying to help people understand that there are some really important benefits here. And as you mentioned, those catastrophic limits for anybody who's filling expensive name brand drugs, that can be a real benefit. Because I remember one time my husband was on a heart medication and our out-of-pocket was $600 every three months just for that one medication. He was on six different pills uh, after he had his heart surgery. Thankfully, he's not on any right now, but it all worked. But I know that that catastrophic cap can be really important. 
Um, one of the things, and this is something I think is a little bit of a misunderstanding, that with the Part D plan, since that is a Medicare benefit, it doesn't work overseas. So a lot of people are like, I'm opting out because I'm a retiree and I love to travel and I don't want something that's not going to cover my drugs overseas. So how do you answer that when that comes up at your, your classes, Kevin? Yeah, so um, you're right. This is a CMS rule of all Part D plans that Part D coverage does not provide uh, overseas or international prescription drugs. Um, well, what I would say is to do something that's probably good financial sense or protection to begin with is that, uh, you know, have some travel insurance. Um, most travel insurance policies will reimburse any healthcare costs not picked up by your health plan. And understand that with um, your FEHB coverage, like if we stick with Aetna Direct CDHP, all FEHB plans have emergency overseas care. So if you're uh, spending a month in Tuscany and you know break your leg, your FEHB plan is going to cover that emergency cost. But if you were auto-enrolled in this Part D uh, plan, you may not get reimbursement on the painkillers for your broken leg. Um, so get that travel insurance policy. Make sure you're looking at the details of that travel insurance policy. Um, but most of them have... Uh, coverage for those out-of-pocket healthcare expenses not picked up from your health plan. Yeah, I agree. And the other big expense when you're traveling, especially when we're getting older and some bad things can happen if we take a fall or have a big ex uh, expensive medical event, is we may need medical transport back to the U.S. And none of the health plans cover that because that can run, from what I understand, over $100,000. So again, your travel insurance sometimes have a million dollar limit, and those can be well worth their weight in gold, in addition to your federal health plans. So, you know, they certainly do cover health care on emergency basis, like you said. Um, some other things we worry about with the Part D plans are the formularies. So will somebody who is auto-enrolled in the Part D plan have a less generous, more generous, the same formulary? What are the health plans doing about making sure that the medications I'm on this year will still be covered next year if I'm in the Part D uh, PDP? Well, so the formularies are definitely different. So the FEHB formulary is managed by OPM, and then the Medicare Part D formulary is gonna be managed by CMS. Now. Remember what OPM said at the beginning, the coverage is supposed to be as good or better. I think that most of the time that's true, but one of the things that can be different is how is your prescription drug classified on the tier system? I now have seen many cases where a drug has been reclassified to a higher tier from FEHB to a Part D plan and the out-of-pocket costs are actually higher on the Part D plan than they are in the FEHB plan. I think that that's um, that's not the that's not happening the majority of the time. I think the majority of the time the out-of-pocket cost is going to be no worse or the same. In some cases, it's it's going to be much lower. Uh, sticking with that in the direct because we've been talking about it a lot. <laughs> specialty drugs. Their specialty drug FEHB benefit is 50% up to $600 for preferred specialty drugs. That goes down to 25% up to 250 in this Part D. So there's going to be some savings for people, but you can't assume that it's always going to be on the plus side for you. So I'm really uh, advising people uh, to do some homework. Some of this homework is easier to do based upon the plan you need to do the homework on. I think the Blue Cross prescription pricing tool, it, which was down right before open season, <laughs> it was breaking and throwing errors, is no longer breaking and throwing errors. It's working. You can put in your prescription, the dosage, your zip code, choose a pharmacy, and then choose, are you basic, are you standard? Are you looking at the PDP plan? Are you looking at the FEHB plan? They will give you a comparison dollar to dollar about how much you would pay in your FEHB plan, how much you'd pay in the PDP plan, and then also tell you whether there's any prior approval required one way or another. Now, other FEHB plans do put more friction where they're gonna put their formula up as a PDF, and you're gonna have to go through the painful process of doing a control F and a, and a PDF. It's searching for your 
prescription drug, looking to see, okay, what tier is my drug in? Is there any other notes about this? And then knowing, okay, for this tier of drug, how much is it going to be with FEHB or PDP? I think most of the time uh, you'll find that you're no worse off. You may even pay a little bit less, but it's certainly not true. Um, what I haven't seen yet, Tammy, and what I wanted to ask you, have you found any case yet um, amongst all the people that you help where a prescription drug that was on formulary and covered from an FEHB plan was not covered by a Part D plan? I haven't run into that. I've run into it being higher on the PDP plan, but I've not run into the scenario where a drug wasn't covered at all. Yeah, I, I found some people who were telling me that that was the case. Uh, and in many of those cases, when I checked with the health plan itself, it was either a misunderstanding or like you said, with that formulary not up to speed on the Blue Cross site, it was not there yet. So when I confirmed it with Blue Cross, it, it became part of that plan. You know, one in particular that's really popular right now are these weight loss medications like Wagovi. And I don't think Medicare Part D plans typically cover that, but your federal health plans in some of those formularies under Part D are being added in. So you can still get that benefit. Um, another complaint about the Part D was the, the ability to use coupons. Because a lot of times you'll go to the pharmacy and they'll say, oh yeah, the, your copay is gonna be $600, but we have this coupon here that's gonna take it down to either free or a hundred bucks or something a lot less than what is even mentioned on those plan formularies. Can we still use those coupons with the Part D plans? We cannot, uh, having Medicare Part D disqualifies you from those discount programs. So yeah. if you are using those and taking advantage of them, you'll have to carefully weigh whether that low price or maybe even free in some cases mm -hmm. uh, is going to be worth more than this total package of Medicare Part D on the other side, right? None of us can predict exactly what's going to happen to us in any given year. And our health condition may change. We may not need a lot of prescription drugs right now, but who knows six months from now. Um, but the nice part about how Part D is set up here is that in many plans, they are offering opt out and opt in really within the same year outside of open season. So if, and if you opt out now, which you perfectly you know, can do, and we've talked about some of the reasons maybe why you would want to opt out, you can opt at, back in in many of these plans throughout the year and understand you'll never pay any Part D late enrollment penalty because your existing FEHB prescription drug coverage is considered cre credible coverage by OPM, and it means that you'll never be subject to a Part D enrollment penalty at some point in the future. And so one, I was talking to one of these plans and they were, you know, about this overseas uh, Part D prescription drug coverage. And they were saying, well, if you wanted, you could actually take Part D now and then like a month or so before you plan on, on traveling, opt out of Part D, go back to FHB. And then when you get back stateside, then go and enroll <laughs> back to Part D. And it is something that some of these plans do offer, although understand there may be up to 30 to 45 days of administration time between those moves. So you do have to sort of plan those things in advance, but there is some flexibility in terms of how this works. You know, I was just before the break, how does somebody contact you, Kevin? Have someone contact me? Well, so our uh, plan comparison tools at guidetohealthplans.org um, and there's a uh, contact us place there. I answer uh, and my team hundreds, if not thousands of questions every season. Uh, we give webinars all the time. Um, I did a Part D webinar through NARF. I know Tammy does a lot of, of these uh, webinars and appearances as well. So uh, guidetohealthplans.org is the place to go. Very good. Now it's time for a break. <laughs> and we'll listen to what NITP can do for the listeners.
Who do you trust when making your most important decisions? National Institute of Transition Planning has been the trusted source for federal retirement planning, serving new, mid-career, and pre-retirement federal employees for more than 30 years. NITP's subject matter experts bring more than 800 years of collective expertise on federal benefits, financial, transition, and estate planning. Visit NITPinc.com. That's NITPinc.com to sign up for their free monthly newsletter and information about free webinars. Are you at the mid-career stage of your federal career, or do you plan to retire in the next five years and wonder if you are prepared for retirement? No matter what career stage you are, it's never too early to dot the I's and cross the T's. NITP now offers online open enrollment training to help you understand your federal benefits package and financial planning options with tips and tools to plan and fine-tune your retirement planning goals. Visit NITPINC.com to download the current brochure and calendar. All righty, welcome back to the final session of today's For Your Benefit radio show. We're here with um, Kevin, and Kevin is with Consumers Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. Kevin, great to have you again this year, and uh, we also have online Tammy Flanagan, um, uh, knower of all things federal. So we got a lot to, uh, I guess, put together before we hit the witching hour. All right. So we'll pick up where we left off. And one of those things we were talking about was the Medicare Part D plans. So something really related to that are so many of the health plans. In fact, I think all of the national fee-for-service plans, except for Blue Cross, are offering a Medicare Advantage option next year. And also many of the HMOs have that as well. So how is that different if you do that second enrollment step into the Advantage plan rather than just staying in that basic FEHB plan? What do you gain? What do you lose by doing that? And who, who's eligible to do that? All right. Medicare Advantage. Thank you, Tammy. This is a big <laughs> one of So there's two ways to get better or improved Part D coverage. So one we talked about, which was the standalone Part D plans, but the other is Medicare Advantage or Part C where uh, many FEHB plans, as Tammy said, now are offering a Medicare Advantage option along with their FEHB plan. And in these plans, they do package Part D. So next year, there's even more options. There's actually 40 FEHB plans across the country that offer a Medicare Advantage option. And importantly, GEHA has two new options next year. In both their high and standard plan, you do have a Medicare Advantage plan available to you. Others are NALC High, Aetna Advantage, Samba. We won't go through all of them. And there are local plans too. The one I want to highlight is United Healthcare, which is available in about half the country, which has one of the most generous Part B reimbursements um, and is one of the lowest uh, health uh, plan um, options with a Medicare Advantage. So to qualify for Medicare Advantage, you have to have both parts of Medicare, Parts A and Part B. Many of these, but not all, will reimburse a portion of the Part B premium. It's going to vary by plan. Uh, Aetna Advantage, for example, is $100 a month, but United is $150 a month. Believe it or not, there's some West Coast uh, Kaiser plans where it goes all the way up to $250, which is above that standard Part B premium of 174.70, that's helping uh, plan members who may ha face a late enrollment penalty for Part B or members that are in that IRMA threshold, meaning that their income is above 103,000 for a single filer or 206,000 for a joint filer. If your income is above those levels, you're gonna pay what's called IRMA or income related monthly adjustment amount, which is about, in the first tier, about $70 more a month per Part B. The other component of these plans is that many of them will have zero out-of-pocket healthcare costs for any medical service that's approved by the plan if you receive that care from a provider that both accepts Medicare and accepts the plan. The only out-of-pocket healthcare costs you face in the plans are going to be prescription drug costs. Also, many of these Medicare Advantage plans will have other special benefits like 
silver sneakers, which is, you know, like a free gym membership or, or partially free. Uh, they may include some hearing aid coverage or dental coverage. And many of these plans next year have a quarterly over-the-counter allowance. For example, GEHA will give each plan member who's on the Medicare Advantage plan $40 a quarter or $160 a year for reimbursement of over-the-counter pharmacy items. So the main story here is the costs in these plans are dramatically lower than what you would see from many popular FEHB plans. When we at Checkbook model uh, the Medicare Advantage plans against the FEHB plans, if we think about Blue Cross Standard, which is the uh, highest premium of any national PPO plan, if you lived in a market served by United, you would save over $8,000 in estimated yearly costs switching from Blue Cross Standard to United Choice Primary Retiree Advantage and realize that most of those savings are going to be in for sure expenses because Blue Cross Standard again has that high uh, FEHB premium plus Blue Cross Standard does not have any Part B reimbursement. So you're paying you know, at least two full uh, Part B premiums in this uh, cost comparison, which was for a self plus one couple who lived in the DC area with average healthcare expenses. That's, that's incredible. Now, I know that there are some significant savings that really benefit a lot of our federal retirees across the country. But the one thing that people are concerned about when they hear Medicare Advantage is do we have to make sure, like in, in the case of original Medicare, using that with an FEHB where Medicare is primary and your federal plan is secondary payer, you can virtually go to almost any hospital, almost see any provider across the country because what would be, what would a doctor be if I didn't take Medicare patients since the majority of patients seeing my cardiologist or ortho, orthopedic doctor is going to be serving a lot of people over 65. But is that true with the Medicare Advantage plan? Can I still see those same providers if I'm in that Advantage plan? And how restrictive are the networks? Are they all nationwide networks? You know, speak to that just a little bit to help em yeah. employees and retirees especially understand that. All right. So outside of Kaiser, I think, yes, the networks generally are, are nationwide in these plans. And what the plan will say is that you can see any provider that accepts Medicare and this caveat and the plan. And it's the <laughs> and it's the and the plan part that potentially could restrict. Um, mm -hmm. So there are some cases that I've heard of. You may have heard of some too, Tammy, uh, where Mayo Clinic or other famous like provider networks like Cleveland Clinic or MD Anderson may be excluded from these plans. Where otherwise, if you just had original Medicare, uh, you know, you would have access to those provider networks because they do accept Medicare. Um, so you absolutely do need to check the provider mm -hmm. directories of the Medicare Advantage plans to see. Any of your current providers, are they going to be covered in this plan? And possibly, are there future providers that I may want to see? Maybe Johns Hopkins or maybe some other, you know, other provider networks that may may not matter for me right now, but will might matter for me in the future. You definitely do have to take uh, take some time to study whether uh, the providers that you need are still going to be available in, in the Medicare Advantage plans. Yeah, and the ones offered through FEHB, I still think are many steps above the commercial Medicare Advantage plans, which do in fact have very restrictive networks. You do have out-of-pocket expenses with those commercial plans, um, much different coverage, right? The federal plans offering that Medicare Advantage enhancement, I think we could fairly say across the board is going to be better than going to Medicare.gov to pick a commercial plan because of the coverage. Even though you do have to pay for these plans, I think that that added coverage and nationwide coverage is going to make up for it in most yeah. cases. And, you know, what you pay for these plans is really your FEHB premium and, and whatever your net Part B premium is. Realize that you're going to get some help on that Part B premium, but there's no additional premium on top of that for, for the FEHB Medicare Advantage plans. And so this is very different than buying a Medicare Advantage plan from Joe Namath through your television. <laughs> uh, don't advise that. We do advise to t pay attention to uh, FEHB Medicare Advantage plans, because this is a plan type that potentially could save thousands of dollars uh, compared to your existing plan. 
Mm -hmm. And the, the other thing that I find sometimes couples um, are a little bit confused about when they go to the checkbook guy, because when you sign on, they ask you, the checkbook guy will say, you know, a little survey there on the online version, your zip code, are you retired, employed, you know, what's your status uh, in your family size? And you have the option to choose self plus one or family of two. And so it sounds to me like that's one and the same, but I understand there's a, a reason why you have those two categories. What, what would be the reason? So the reason is the premiums. Um, so the premiums are different um, sometimes between self plus one and family of two. And if you're a two person family, uh, you know, married couple, or it could be a single parent and a dependent, you have an, an enrollment choice that OPM gives you of enrolling as either self plus one or self and family. Now, 75% of the time, self plus one is going to be less expensive than self and family. But next year, actually, there are 45 plans where self and family is less expensive. And one of those plans is Kaiser High in the DC area. And the difference between self plus one and self and family is about $1,500 next year that you could either save or potentially overpay to receive the exact same health plan and exact same benefits, regardless of how you enroll if you're that two person family. So it is part of your homework of knowing which way is it best for me to enroll. Um, on Checkbook's Guide to Health Plans, we do have on our uh, plan flexibility tab, a column that says self plus one cheaper, yes or no. The other good place to go is on any FEHB plan brochure, if you go to the very last page, it will be a premium table that will show you government share, enrollee share, and it will sh show you self, self plus one, self and family zero in on self plus one self and family look to see on the enrollee share which way is less expensive and enroll that way very good um the one last thing i want to ask you and i'm going to turn it back over to bob i know bob relies on me to ask these questions because i live and breathe this like <laughs> you do Kevin, during open season but at the top of my checkbook guide online version it says read advice and I don't think people realize what a wealth of information if I click on that little read advice button. So tell us some of the things that you and Walt Francis have come together with that will really help people, again, fine tune that best health plan option. Yeah. So really for 45 years, you what you see when you see read advice will be poured into that. Um, <laughs> we have to present it a little bit differently than we do in a print guide. But, but, but by subject, you know, FEHB and Medicare, we'll talk about Medicare coordination, we'll talk about Medicare Advantage Part D. I think we have over like 80 or 90 articles on various subjects of how to either save money or go through this process of switching a health plan. And we, we keep that up to date. Um, like you, Tammy, I often write articles for government executive and I will put the, that, those advice articles up there in our latest news. So it's really a, a good thing to follow for all of our up-to-date uh, advice on how to go through this process. And, you know, like we said before, it's super complicated. It doesn't get easier when you become an annuitant. In fact, I, I think it's harder um, because now I'm <laughs> about Medicare and should I take Part B or should I not take Part B? And then if I do, what plans are available to me and what should I think about Medicare Advantage and what's going on with these Part D plans? There is a lot to go through, but I think if you spend a little bit of time and think about your situation and think about how you might benefit or not and realize that while there are certain things that you can do that um, are permanent, many things that you would choose to do are not permanent and can be taken back um, the next open season. So, you know, if you tried a Medicare Advantage plan and it didn't work out for you for whatever reason, realize next open season, you can go back to your, um, you know, traditional FEHB plan or PPO plan. If you, if you want to get out of Medicare Part D, but something changes down the road, even outside of open season, you're allowed by many of these plans to take uh, Part D. But one thing that you shouldn't ever do, right, Tammy, is cancel your FEHB coverage. Um, right? Uh, canceling is one of those permanent things. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, well, why why even keep FEHB in retirement, right? Why not go to original Medicare? And, you know, this is a retiree benefit that you've earned from your work career with the federal government. 
Most people are not getting this once they retire. I know, for example, I am going to be on original Medicare and then we'll have to choose between Medigap or Medicare Advantage to help with the out-of-pocket costs of being in original Medicare. But your FEHB plan really is a de facto Medigap plan that's going to, if it does a good job, is going to reduce your out-of-pocket costs when you do decide to take Part B and taking Part B then is going to open other doors such as Medicare Advantage. Well, well, Kevin, I've got some retirement planning advice for you, and that is you should go find a federal job around age 57. You can get five years of, of um, service so you can have lifetime health benefits just like the rest of us. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the price point, because I understand the checkbook guide can actually be free for some of our listeners. And even the highest price where you get both the print edition and the online version is not going to break the bank. And I almost can guarantee if you take the advice in the book, you'll save that much in your first month of, of coverage. <laughs> yeah. So active employees, uh, we have about like 50 federal agencies that provide free access, uh, postal service. HHS, FDIC, both the House and Senate for their employees that have FEHB coverage. When you go to guidetohealthplans.org, you go to buy now, you'll see a list of the agencies that provide free access. And there will uh, the access method that's used by the agencies will be there. And then for online access, it's uh, $14.95. Um, and yes, Tammy, I think maybe one tip could easily uh, win you back the, the $15. And we do have a discount code, FEDNEWS. You just put that into the um, promo code field, you'll save 20% off that $14.95. So a very economical way for you to get a big leg up on your research, uh, save you a lot of time. Because as you know, Tammy said, I think in the DC area with open enrollment, um, I think your uh, figure was the like the plans like, Compass Rose and Foreign Service. There's 37 plans in the DC area with open enrollment. It's way too much, way too many probably for most people to go through an exhaustive check on. And so using our guide really will help you narrow down those 37 into the four or five that you do want to spend more time in research. Very good. A, <clears throat> let me just mention we have about two and a half minutes. Now we won't get cut no. off, but we're coming. We got one minute, Bob. <laughs> we got one half, half a minute. <laughs> we got, we're, we're down to a minute, less than a minute. All right. I'll give you one final okay. piece of advice, Tammy. I know you say it all the time, and I do too. The plan that you have next year is not the plan you have this year. Uh, undoubtedly, the premium has probably changed. Every year, a lot of benefits possibly can change. If you do nothing else, make sure you go to the plan brochure of your existing plan. Go to section two, how the plan has changed. Find out if there's anything that's changing in your plan that's either new that you can take advantage of or has changed that may change your mind about whether this is still the right plan for you. Absolutely. I, I ditto that for sure, because I've had many panicked calls in February from people who didn't do that and they didn't realize something drastically had changed. All right. Thank you. <laughs>